Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Good day. From the Dyer Prime study in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm your host for the proceedings, Joshua Witt, and this is episode seven in a series of podcasts. This episode is titled The University of Richmond. Historians agree, through the ages, that the sport of basketball is the king's sport. Very few play the king's sport, like royalty. (laughs) Yet for a 20-minute half of basketball versus the University of the Capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, The West Virginia University Mountaineers, they played like kings. The basketball was passed to and fro, from gentleman to gentleman, in a waltz-like flow. Reminded me of the great Johann Strauss, with its timing and precision. Oh, Johann, (laughs) marvelous. It truly was a work of art. As you all know, gentlemen and ladies, the object of the king's sport is to have the ball go through the cylinder hoop, surrounded by a rectangle of glass. As you know, the gentlemen from West Virginia were accomplishing that Four out of every ten throws. But today, oh, today, marvelous. The Mountaineers were closer to a frequency of six out of every ten throws, which is quite distinguished. Triplets were being hurled into the hoop as a straight and true arrow meeting the bullseye. Then the next arrow splitting that arrow again achieving bullseye, and so on and so forth. The accuracy was exquisite today. One of the gentlemen with the tallest stature for West Virginia, 
lunge for the ball at half court without fear, igniting great emotions from all that watched the contest. The gentlemen of West Virginia, I must say, after observing the first half, were very distinguished hosts. They served a meal that I would argue is fit for a king. First of all, they took the finest cut of livestock, the filet mignon, and they ground it. They formed the ground meat into a circular patty. They charred the meat evenly over an open flame until the proper medium-rare temperature was obtained. Coinciding with that charring of the meat, two evenly cut slices of bread from the finest bakery in the kingdom were gathered. A collection of leafy greens, tomato, cucumber that had been sliced and brined, a sauce derived of the mustard seed and vinegar, as well as a creamy sauce derived of oil and egg, were stacked on one slice of the royal bread. The charred, medium-rare burger was placed on the other slice of bread. The two stacks became one, but the meal was not complete. After the... <laughs> to make it complete, a branding iron was placed in the fire that roasted the ground meat. Once hot enough, it marked the top slice with only a number. That number was 50. The host served the visitors a 50 burger in the first 20 minutes. The final record would show that the score of the game was 87 points for the host and 71 points to the visitors. Five West Virginia gentlemen reached the threshold of 10 or more points. Sir Deuce, near perfection. Despite being withheld from proceedings in the masterpiece first half, Sir Deuce ended the game with 20 points, five assists, and only one turnover. Sir Deuce was posting up like a jousting knight. And his care of the ball has continued. Sir Taz, choice. He was a marksman in his own right with 15 points, including two triplets. Sir Oscar, triumphant today. Sir Oscar has struggled with putting the ball through the cylinder hoop. Today, 12 points, including an alley-oop slam dunk with an authoritarian's charm. Sir Sean the Robot, impeccable once again. A dozen points, two triplets, and an outstanding four assists, which is rare for Sir Sean. 
and speaks to the symphony of passing. Sir Derek the Brave, once again, coming through with a double double of 10 points and 11 rebounds. Sir Derek the Brave was near perfection from the free throw line once again, continuing his precise form. Sir Jordan with two triplets. Sir Emmett cutting like a sword. The onlookers were even graced with the presence of unfamiliar gentlemen to the season. Sir Spencer made his first appearance. Sir, Sir Taj is second. Also the second appearance for Sir Cinny. And there was another gentleman. Ah, uh, let me look at my journal. I believe it was uh, Sir Jay. A mysterious lad. His name not presented thoroughly in the journal of record. But Sir Jay made his first appearance. I must say, all that being said, it was a true team performance of the King's game today. Spirits are high. Hearts are full, and hopefully the basketball gods will find favor with this offering and make it carry through to future contests. Good day to you and your household, and the podcast will return with random thoughts. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas season, and Dyer Prime can help you with a certain Christmas item this holiday season. Stocking. You know, you fill up the stocking. You don't. Santa does. What if you could get a professionally embroidered stocking with a human name or pet name on it? Dyer Prime can do that. Limited quantities exist. Fine Fancy looking stockings with your name embroidered on it. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more 304 767 4445 or find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Dyer Prime, D Y E R P R I M E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Last episode, with confidence, I went over six things that I know about WVU after six games. One game later, <laughs> and after that performance, did I get any of those right? Is it still true seven games in? Let's see how I did. I said, uh, and I went over these in the last podcast, the, the Mean Green episode, so check that out, but the first thing I said is that the team is a second-half team. Is WVU a second-half team after this game? <laughs> a 
proud to be wrong on this one today the first half plus 22 in the first half minus six in the second half and West Virginia had a fine second half a little sloppy with turnovers and they didn't pass the ball as well as they did in the first half and they didn't shoot as well but they made plenty of shots they still got the 87 but just what a great first half and you know that first half they were pressing again Again, not like aggressive, like John Holton on the baseline screaming in somebody's face. This is three quarters court pressure and got some easy buckets in in that run in the late first half. And our taller guards were posting up their small guards with success. So I'm wrong on that one today, but it feels right to be wrong when you watch that first half. It's fantastic. But not a second half team today. Second thing we know, Oscar is sophomore slumping. He was not slumping today. 12 points, five rebounds, passed up the mid-range shot, and I thanked him for that in the privacy of my living room. But up close, he, he missed a couple, but his bank shot was working. He had three assists today. So I'm glad to be wrong on that one, and I'll take credit for that one. Reverse jinx style. I'll take I'll take the win on that, even though I take the uh, even though I took the loss. Third thing that I knew, Taz is a second half player. Barely. <laughs> I don't know if that's worth three Howard Dean screams, but. He was a second-half player today, but he was definitely more even. He had 15 points, seven in the first half, eight in the second half. He's still killing it. When he's shooting, you think it's going in more than any other player on the team. Maybe Culver. But my man is just from three-pointer. He's he's dribble dribbling and making the 18-footer, driving to the rim, finishing around the rim. I love everything I'm seeing from Taz Sherman. Fourth, Gabe and Culver are two of our best passers. That's that's not going to change really on a game-by-game basis, but that is a mixed bag today. If you just watch this game, would you say Gabe and Culver were our two best passes? Probably not. You know, they did have four assists between the two of them. Culver not as great out of the double team today when he got the double team as far as passing it out to the open person. Gabe, relatively quiet day for Gabe. But nothing from this game dissuades me from that statement. That first half, everybody was passing it well. I mean, Sean Robon had four assists on his own. So that's not going to happen all the time. And he didn't jump into the top three of passers. But they were fine. They were fine. I still believe that, but you couldn't tell it from today. Fifth thing I said, McCabe is now a role player. Eleven good minutes today from role player McCabe. He made a couple of open threes. He got a steal on Richmond's baseline and then ran the break, threw it to McNeil. He's getting strong finishes to rim. He's seeking contact, the shot robot. 
which is fantastic. So great minutes from role player McCabe. I'm still, we still know that about McCabe based on his minutes today. Sixth, close game plus pandemic fatigue is bad for my physical health. But I'm taking that as a win. I mean, no anxiety in this game. You know, going into the game, I'm thinking, all right, they're guards, highly respectable, but they're five nine and six foot. And so McBride was getting beat on the backdoor cuts early. So McCabe gets to play. And McCabe against five nine and six foot, that's manageable. But when Taz Sherman, and especially Deuce when he got back into the game, and he definitely got the the Huggins message of, all right, are you ready to play now and get back in there? Because he he obviously led the team in scoring and did great things. But one of the things I'm seeing with Deuce and with and with Taz and with McNeil is that they are we're posting up our guards and our big guys are feeding the post for guard post-ups. And when you've got Deuce backing down a five, nine or a six foot guy, I like those. I like that matchup. And West Virginia took advantage of that. You know, here's the best thing about today. And it's one time they cut to the tall Richmond player that had, uh, you know, lots of hair and lots of things he was doing with that hair. And, you know, it was a turnover or something where it was going the other way. And they pan in on this guy's face and he looked like he had seen a ghost. <laughs> and that's the highest compliment you can give WVU. It's not a direct compliment, but seeing that guy's face, like what, what is happening? Did I just see it? Did I just see a ghost? That's the best. You see that face, you know WVU is winning the game. So thank you, Mountaineers, for you actually, and you, I mean, none of you all are thinking about it this way, but your performance in the first half today, it actually prolonged my life. So I'm a, I appreciate that. And I'm going to be excited tomorrow when WVU cracks the top 10 in the AP poll and most likely the coaches poll. I think they're already there in the coaches poll, but now we're getting into this rarefied air here. Uh, let's see how they handle that, but I will be excited. Like you will be excited to see WVU in the top 10. So, you know, the things that I knew a game ago, I still know most of those. And the things that I don't know based on this game, those are all good things. My physical health, Oscar out of a slump. I don't care if they're a first half or second half team, as long as they have more points at the end than the other team. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! 
interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. This season, because pandemic, we don't get a really a clean break from non-conference play in the conference play. The Big 12, because pandemic, are squeezing a couple of December games in across the conference. So two conference games, followed by another non-conference game, then more conference games, then the Big 12 SEC Challenge. We're going back and forth here. But because pandemic, the next game for WVU is their Big 12 opener. They get to start the conference schedule at home Friday versus the Iowa State Cyclones. 9 p.m. And it's going to be on ESPNU. So the first ESPNU sighting. Iowa State 1-2 and two on the season. Coming off of a losing season. Their losses this year are to South Dakota State. You familiar with that team? West Virginia played them first game of the year and beat them. South Dakota State went to Iowa State and beat them. And their other loss, Iowa State, is to in-state rival Iowa. What's going on with Iowa? They got like a 26-year-old that looks, um, his eyebrows are pronounced Garza, I believe. Has there ever been a bigger gap in successful program styles than Iowa football? And Iowa basketball. And don't get this confused with like basketball schools versus football schools. It's not like um, Alabama basketball and Alabama football. Or for, we're familiar with Kansas football versus Kansas basketball. It doesn't matter the styles. Uh, one of those teams is not successful. Iowa is successful in football. Iowa has been successful in basketball. They do it way different. And I know it's two different sports, but Iowa, I think of Iowa football. I think of, and this is just my take. I'm not a football person, but Iowa football, it's like, hey, we've got we've got 50 some guys that play, and 27 of them, 27 of them can play tight end. Uh, we do not run shotgun. All right. We run under center. We do some eye formation. We're going to run a toss sweep. We're going to do like a halfback dive. I only know these things because I played uh, NCAA football on on the Xbox. And we're going to get four yards every play. And whoever gets to 17 first (laughs) wins. It's not run and gun in Iowa football, all right? But they make it work, right? The basketball team, let me read you off the scores uh, from each of their six games, what Iowa scored. 97, 103, 99, 93. They put 105 on Iowa State and beat them by 28. And that game was close for a half. And then it got not close, right? And then their last game, they scored 106. So that's the opposite of first one to 17 in football. They're like, we're trying to get to 100 every game. So they're good in both sports. They do it 
totally different ways, which I find interesting. Anyways, this is about Iowa State. They got lots of new guys, Iowa State. They do their usual usual lots of transfers thing. So multiple transfers in the rotation. Some guys that have been there. Bolton. I like Bolton. He's familiar. Condit. But a lot of new faces. And they've started the season rough. But here's what we know about Iowa State. (laughs) Under the things I know, they're good at offense and they're shady on defense. Okay? And so WVU have, have won four of their last five against Iowa State. And they they're six and two versus Iowa State in Morgantown since they've joined the Big 12. So WVU will be the favorite in this game. How will they do getting they're gonna get press about being in the top 10 and coming off a great like their best half of the season versus a good team, a good Richmond team. So we'll I don't know. We'll find that out together. It's nice to you know, lots of games on the road to start the season. It's nice to get three in a row at home. It's not the usual three at home playing, you know, iffy teams. It's been a good North Texas team. A, you know, Richmond has picked to win the Atlantic 10. And that's a good conference. And then we get conference play and it's always a challenging conference regardless. So we'll find out together on Friday. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Listen to my appearance on Got Your Ears On. Friends there, I joined them on their podcast. It'll be out later this week if you're listening in real time. Uh, what, What day is it? December 14th, so the week of the 15th. I'll be on their podcast, so listen to them even when I'm not on, but catch me there. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. That's a good thing that helps this podcast. Do that. Rate it five stars if you have a second. If it has a star system. not they, they don't all have star systems. Anyways, I think that helps the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're six and one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.